Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Week one of the NFL in the books. Wasn't it great to have football back? Kind of devastating for me, to be honest, because it was the first time in probably the last five years that I've not been able to stay up and watch all of the late games. And at least two of them turn out to be absolute barnstormers. But we're going to get into looking forward to this weekend, week two, some of our overreactions from week one, some of the big storylines going into week two and some of the stuff that really caught our eye over the first week of the NFL. NFL season to do so myself Will Gavin joined by 12-year NFL veteran and Super Bowl champion Will Blackman Will how are you doing sir what is the word what is happening here what is happening there is the question uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is so Will B Will G joined by Ollie Hunter back on the podcast a uh, long time member of our fraternity uh, and the reason we'll be asked what's going on is because this podcast has been delayed by at least an hour because uh, Ollie Hunter got caught up in an anti-vaxxing <laughs> protest. I can't tell you whether or not he was part of the protest. Ollie was not. not protesting. I will say that. <laughs> Ollie was not. Ollie was with us. <laughs> Look, I am I am double vaxxed and I'm proud to be double vaxxed. If they wanted to give me another vax, I'd take it. Um, I got caught up. They wouldn't. They surrounded the building that I would come in to work and then do the do the podcast. They surrounded the building. The cops wouldn't let me in. The feds, the federales, uh, they wouldn't let me in. That's because so you try to walk in with a pint of Guinness. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's very true. Look, listen. If you're stuck somewhere and there's a pub right next door, just go to the pub. Try. And, uh, yeah, it was a very nice pint of Guinness, and I think didn't it inspire you? Will Blackman to decide that you wanted to go to the pub. Listen, it it did make me quite thirsty. Uh, Guinness gives me fond flashbacks to my rookie days in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, you know, there was nothing but beer. And I was a young, what do you call me? A young lad, a young chap at 20, 21 years old, pounding Guinness like it was <laughs> H2O. Um, yes, that was my... Those my energy. So that's what it reminded me of. But yes, I do want to call. I have not had um, any kind of brew since I've been here. I think I had a Peroni, but that doesn't count really. You know, you know what we need to do, Ollie Hunter? We need, we to, need take to take Will Blackman to the toucan. To the toucan. Listen, I have, a, I have a wonderful pub here. I actually have my own set of custom darts. I do not mess around, gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> hello, hello. Custom darts. I like that. They have, what, they have, a, scorpion, they have a scorpion on them. Wow. Full on Ted Lasso style. Are you going to come over here and absolutely mug us off at what's meant to be our own game? <laughs> absolutely not. I cannot hit the triples. I'm terrible. I love this. I absolutely love this. Well, look, we've got to sort it out at some point, maybe around the London games, we will go for pints. And that makes for the perfect radio segue, being a professional and all of that. On October the 17th, immediately, immediately following that big Florida clash, the Miami Dolphins against the Jacksonville Jaguars, we are hosting another post-London game party. We'll be showing Red Zone, we'll be showing all of the games, big screen TVs with all of the action from the early and late slates. It's at Bloomsbury Lanes near Russell Square, dead easy to get to from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. They've got an on-site pizzeria that do genuinely big enough pizzas to feed even me. Burgers, hot dogs, all served till late. There are private rooms you can hire with buckets of beer and individual TVs. There's bowling lanes. There's buckets beer of bong. beer. It's only... Five pounds entry. We'll be putting out more on our socials later this week at Gridiron at UK Gridiron. But will it sells out every year? That's a good like time a had dandy. by all. Yeah, I had no idea about that. I'm gonna dye my hair and 
show up shirtless to this thing. I mean, we all want to we all want to see that desperately, but I imagine you might have to be on TV. Just saying. Uh, you said got- after party though. Yeah, well, I mean, the after party to the after party. We will keep going till the party don't stop. Please do, because burger, beer, pizza sounds fantastic. Beautiful. I've been I've been working out and eating healthy way too much since I've been here. Um, yeah, yeah, same, same. same. <laughs> like you're gonna need a new blazer soon, man. It's getting too big. <laughs> I want to start off on the Green Bay Packers, gents, uh, because it's a it's a. Organization close to both of your hearts as a Green Bay Packers fan with Ollie, as you just said, spending your time in Wisconsin, pounding Guinness. I imagine there were some brats. There was some too much cheese, too much beer going on in your life at that point. Just Guinness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the good news is at least you didn't come out of it at the end of it looking like a budget version of the dude from the Big Lebowski. Unlike Aaron Rodgers, who... Um, it's fair to say after a summer of discord up in the Bay, not particularly good start to life for the NFL in 2021. Yeah. You know what? It was just, it was just one of those games, you know, a, a, an interesting off season, a neutral site game in Jacksonville. Yeah. Like he said, 16 more to go. He's done this to us before, right? He told us to relax one time where they were dealing with some losses. Then he said, he's going to run the table at one point, And they did. So he's telling us this 16, there's actually a, a full 2020 season left to go uh, this year. So it, it is concerning just because of that one game, um, I, I believe the offense will get it together very, very soon, simply because they have Aaron Rodgers. If I had any type of concerns, it would be defensively because of the new coordinator, Joe Barry, that they are still trying to learn the system and still trying to have good communication. Some of the touchdowns that Jameis had was simply due to miscommunication. It wasn't so much that the talent wasn't there, just they just weren't talking well. Well, it was the worst thing that could have happened to the Packers after that offseason um, Aaron, Ro- apart from Aaron Rodgers getting injured, it, it was the worst thing. So nothing went right. Um, Rodgers looked off kilter. He looked off time. He he wasn't. He was overthrowing. He was underthrowing. He was finding his receivers. He was. Sl- I thought he looked slow. I thought his his footwork wasn't great. And then when you you mentioned right with with Joe Barry, um, this is a guy who presided over uh, Detroit Lions' 0 and 16 season. A couple of years ago, I know he's had some time with Sean McVay. You realize that's like 13 years ago now. This, yeah, that's a real, it's a real sign you're getting old when you go a couple of years ago, and what you actually mean is over a decade ago. Yeah, but you know, but even so, but he oversaw a really bad Washington defense as well. He oversaw hey, a really hey, bad hey, Lions hey, defense. Hey, 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 hey! You didn't, you didn't play on. Listen, you didn't play on defense. We made the playoffs. Okay, all right. When I was there with Joe B, all right, we made. The playoffs. Oh, okay, so take us into. You know Joe B, uh, as he's now, I now call him as well. You know Joe B. <laughs> What's going on there? Why, why were the Packers so bad? Is it just early season uh, miscommunication and, and malaise and all of that? Or- That's exactly what it was. It was early season. That's what it was. Um, they, they have some new pieces in the secondary. Uh, the cornerback they drafted, and they still have Savage and 
um, Alexander back there, but it's a, it is completely new. And they believe that that was the change they needed. You know, they had Mike Pettin last year um, and they gave up 30, I believe over 36 points to the Buccaneers in the playoffs. But um, yeah, they felt like maybe this, maybe this style of defense was simpler and it is pretty simple. So I don't know. Again, it's one game. If it was college, I would panic. It's the pros. I'm not. Lions this weekend. Yeah, we know the Lions are a talent poor team who had a very bizarre game this past weekend against the 49ers where they they kind of eat their way back into it late to make what was quite a one-sided performance look a lot tighter than it was. But then it is the 49ers on Sunday night football who have been a real problem, a real thorn in the Packers side over the last four or five years. If we get to three or four games into this and they're one and three, do you start to worry then? I start to worry if they lose to Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) Same. That's where I would panic. First of all, okay, I know we, we said it's a long season and it's week two, but that's a division opponent. And that is a team that is still trying to figure it out. I, I think, I think Detroit did find some kind of identity when sure. All the analysts were saying like, Oh, you know, they're getting some garbage points here. And then all of a sudden they were one possession away from actually winning that game. So yeah, next week, if, if the Packers don't dominate and if the game is close, I would be like, hmm, but if they lose, I will hit the panic button. No doubt about it. 49ers on the road, Steelers Stop at home mentioning after the that. Niners. Steelers after that. Like, it's not an easy start to the season, boys. It's, ahead, it's, it, it's what he does. This is what Will does. When it's the 49ers, he's a little crowy, you know, and he's feeling, <laughs> he's feeling himself. What's he's like, crowy? He, like Just, cr- is that when they're annoying sitting on your lawn, picking at your grass? That's crowy. Yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. pretty just much. crowing, just bragging, just bragging. Yeah. You know, he's he's feeling himself. He's all of this. He's all of that. Look, peacocking. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's being all peacocky. Look. <laughs> <laughs> so the, yeah, if uh, if you're on the pod, Will did a some sort of peacock thing uh, for for <laughs> for, 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 for the non video for the non video. Are they yeah, frills? Are they called frills? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Why not feathers? Surely, uh, look. But I'm just going to say it's prime time. Um, the, the the Packers have to come in and and really dominate and and put a marker down at Lambeau. They have to say to the, to everybody else that that was a blip. That was an anomaly. We we. I tell you what, the Packers were feeling themselves like Will Gavin feels himself um, ahead of that game against the Saints. Everyone thought that the, that the Packers were going to come in and, and and blow them away. And I think the Packers did themselves. Uh, Matt LaFleur said pretty much the same thing. Aaron Rodgers said exactly that as well. Look, the team that lost 38-3 to the Saints for week one of 2020, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Look what happened. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So no, I just, that's, not, that's not a bad pull. That's not I, a bad pull. That is a great pull. I, I do want to ask one thing of you, Will, as a, uh, as a former player and as someone who knows how locker rooms work, etc. Because there's been so much focus on Aaron Rodgers and is he happy and what's that relationship and everything. But you also have this slightly bizarre situation on the defensive side of the ball with Zedaria Smith, where they talked about the fact they've got 27 leaders in their locker room and they actually announced three captains for every unit this year. And yet Zedaria Smith, who was a defensive captain last year, wasn't named a captain. 
after he wasn't named a captain. And they say it's, he didn't have a preseason. He had the injury and everything. So that's probably the reason. But after they said he wasn't announced captain, he first of all tweeted out essentially an emoji that suggested he was upset by that fact and then announced that his new tattoo was going to be a captain's chain. Uh, it, it all feels a little bit... It's all kind of just a bit needly. It's all a bit kind of... I, I just... Is that going to be a problem for them if there is that kind of needle or do you almost want a bit of fraction in the locker room? I mean, I think he's still going to, you know, do his best to play at a high level for his sake. You know, at the, at the end of the day, you have you have the organization that's one business and the player is a business. So he's going to do right by him. But I'm sure it is pretty weird, you know, being being named captain um, of a professional team is is a high honor and guys love that and want it with pride and so for him to be named captain last year and to, and usually you know you get older and you try to keep that status um or as you would say status would you say status do you say yeah, status, say status. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um Don't, let's not get into schedule and schedule because ollie will go off <laughs> i will go off <laughs> uh to keep that i think it was a yeah big big blow to his pride so um, I'm, it's not going to get weird with, you know, with the team, but I know there's some kind of, there's something there within the organization. Okay. That's the Packers. We addressed it. We did it. I'm glad we did. And now I feel like I can justifiably move on without Let's you move on. hating on me. Um, other st- big storylines from week one going into uh, week two uh, on Sunday in the six o'clock games, I, a game that I think a lot of people be paying close attention to after the Colts disappointing against the Seahawks in loss, the Rams going into town, Matthew Stafford last week on the show, you talked about this being the transaction and the off season move. You're most excited to see Will Blackman. So when on the third play from scrimmage, they hit a 61 yard touchdown bomb. I imagine you going full peacock around the Sky Sports studio (laughs) (laughs) and loving life. No, no, I was super excited. Not because um, not so much of the touchdown, but when it happened, I've been looking for that. The fans been looking for that, that long pass from Matt Stafford. And the reason why I was excited is because I was like, I do not want to stay up for this entire game. I need to see something early so I can go to bed. And Matt Stafford delivered, and I was able to rest peacefully. And, and you know, instead of counting sheep, I was counting deep passes in my mind the whole time. I love Matt Stafford. I've loved Matt Stafford for a long, long time. And I think, obviously, an organization like the useless Detroit oh Lions. Oh, my goodness, you are brutal. Really, really <laughs> held them back, held him back. And now he's got a proper coach. He's in a proper city. Um, he's got a proper defense, got a proper offense. He's still got Cam Akers to come back as well. I'm excited about the Rams. I think there's a lot of good stuff going on in LA. And I know we'll come to the Chargers in a bit, but I think the Rams are looking pretty, pretty, but in a very, very competitive division, but they're looking pretty sexy. I'm loving the Rams. I'm all here for it. I am all here for it. It's one of the things I'm most excited about seeing for this weekend. One of the games I'm most looking forward to from uh, for this coming weekend. It's 
there's been a long-running gag, Will, about my love of the Rams, despite them being a divisional rival. I mean, you saw how I felt about the other divisional rivals last weekend, but I've always had a bit of a soft spot for the Rams, and it's great to see them playing great football, and that NFC West in general looks very, very strong uh, this year. The other thing to, to address from week one and looking into week two is the performance of rookie quarterbacks, and... I want to highlight first and foremost Mac Jones with the New England Patriots. Now oh, they go into go. they go into the Jets this weekend, and the Patriots lost that game last weekend essentially by losing to a former Patriots head coach, a former Patriots um, coordinator, with a team loaded with Patriots-style players. They outgained the opposition but lost because of turnover battle. They essentially got beat by the Patriots of twenty years ago. <laughs> And the one takeaway I really had from that game and the one reason the Patriots fans should all be very excited is Mac Jones, I thought, looked absolutely legit. No, I, I agree. Um, I, think, I think he won this battle uh, clear, uh, fair and clear, and, and he showed why. I, I just love just how, just how calm he is. When you look at a quarterback, of course, you look at all the – you know, things he can do, throw the football, you know, is he mobile? Can he do all kinds of things? But the biggest thing for a quarterback is, is between the ears is his mindset. You know, is he calm during the storm? You know, is he able to stay calm, process information, get the right plays, find the right guy, despite what's going on. And even when he does face any type of adversity, can he remain stoic? You know, and I see that with Mac Jones already. So I am I am super um, excited to see just just the, what he does for the rest of the year. Uh, it, it's funny you mentioned all the Patriot players because there was an article um, from one of Mac Jones's interviews, and he said that when he lined up, one of the one of the players on the Dolphins just called out their play. It was like, "You guys are gonna run this?" <laughs> you know, he thought that was funny. Uh, I think he like winked at the guy when he was playing. So he's so he's so comfortable and enjoying it. It's it's really cool to see. But conversely, um, you've got Zach Wilson coming up against the Patriots, Will, and he looks against the Panthers, especially when he when he first started. It took him a while to get into the game. Um, he looked tentative. He was making some weird decisions. Uh, he he didn't look like a second overall draft pick at all. But as the game went on, um, I thought he showed some, some flashes. I'm, I'm clutching at straws. I'm clutching at straws. Well, Will, tell me about this idea. And it's a phrase that like people in the media like to use, despite the fact that maybe we don't really truly know, having not played the game, this idea of slowing the game down or the game being slow around him. People talk about like, oh, the game slowed down for him in year two, i.e. like it's easier to understand what's going on around them. Is that a legitimate thing? Did you feel that as you got to know the game better that you could read what was happening on each side of the ball better? And and is that, like you say, the between the ears thing, what makes that so important? Yeah, that's like anything. That's speaking of being in media, you know, the more reps you get, the, the easier your task becomes, you know. Uh, that's why despite the adversity, the drama you just went through, Will, you were able to jump right on with the wonderful intro to the show. Uh, but, but that is the case, because when you get to the NFL, it's, it's, it's the highest level. It's way faster. You know, the guys are bigger. The guys are stronger. The guys are faster. You're, 
you're running pretty much the same plays as everyone else, you know, around, around the league. So at this point, it's situational football. It's all strategy. So how can I slow everything down, see what's going on, and find the openings, find where I can take advantage? So it, it, is, it is the truth. Now, there are some guys who are still able to make it happen regardless. You look at Patrick Mahomes. You know, he said, he said after the Super Bowl that he's still – after they won the Super Bowl – he said, I'm still learning how to read defenses. <laughs> and I said, you got to be kidding me. He already won MVP. He already won the Super Bowl, and he's still learning how to read defenses. Same thing with Justin Herbert. He's, they told him, don't even identify the middle linebacker. Like, we don't even want to put that in your mind. We want you to play fast. So once you're able to slow the game down for the player, and it's gonna, it is going to happen to year two because now he knows what's happening. It, it's it's going to be – you can see when guys take off. You can see the young guys who take off the soonest because they already realize that it has slowed down for them. And for me, the difference is the Patriots O-line looks like it could be up there with the very best in the NFL versus, you know, Mackay Beckton goes down, it ends up being nowhere near as a bad injury as it looks for him and for the Jets. And he's expected to be back this season. But, you know, uh, subpar O-line, less talent maybe around and particularly running back, but he showed real heart taking taking an absolute beating. I think it was about 11 quarterback hits, six sacks. Yeah, it was like 11 to 10, something like that, right? Yeah, and, and you know, still led two late-game drives. And, you know, there was still – I sometimes think – and I always felt this about Jared Goff, even though it didn't work out for him in Los Angeles. I always thought, like, he was a guy that bounced back and always kept his eyes downfield and always kind of – under a lot of pressure, always kind of kept his head up. And and so often you've seen guys like I think about people like David Carr, for example, who just went into the worst situation in Houston and could have been a brilliant NFL quarterback. And it just it destroyed his career. And and OK, he's doing a nice little media career now. But I, I think that Zach Wilson showed plenty of potential for me. I just think Mac Jones blew me away for week one, but it is only week one. We love an overreaction. We love a week one overreaction. <laughs> you know, I people will be going, ah, yeah, you know, they've done better from that trade. The 49ers threw away all these picks and their guy isn't even starting. It's week one. And let's not forget the Trey Lance is 100% touchdown ratio and uh, one for one and, you know, there's all those good things to say. It, well. it, it only took you 20 minutes to bring in <laughs> Trey Lance. Well done, Will. I'm proud of Thanks, you, mate. actually. I'm Thanks, proud. Um, what other overreactions have you guys got going into week two or things that you're looking at in week two that you think that someone will adjust or change or, you know, maybe something that we shouldn't be getting either overexcited about or too down on at the moment? I'll come to you first, Will. Um, I don't think the bills look sharp at all. Uh, that was the biggest thing for me. You know, everyone has, you know, Josh Allen as an MVP candidate. This is the time for the Buffalo Bills to get it done and, you know, beat everyone down and make it to the AFC Championship game at least. They did not look sharp at all. And the Steelers looked very, very, very good. Uh, even when they were trying to figure out what was going on, I feel like Buffalo just, they just weren't sure. They didn't have any answers, especially down late in the game. And, you know, a well-coached team, you know, by Mike Tomlin, the Steelers just, you know, I, I'm sure they looked at all those reports themselves and was just like, okay, it's not happening. So, yeah, that was a little, that was a little uh, concerning for me, how the Buffalo Bills look, especially from all the priests to talk about them. Defensively, they look great in that first half against Pittsburgh right. and, and just, 
Game flow went against them early in the second half and they never looked like getting back into it. Pretty right. sure I saw Cole Beasley outside the building about an hour or so ago as well. <laughs> I'm not uh, doing this. I'm not doing <laughs> <laughs> but it, it did, the whole game, I think, it rested on that turnover touchdown um, right. from that Steelers defense. And then the, the, the momentum switched and the Bills are one of those teams which I think, a bit like the Ravens, if they get up on you, it's very difficult to drag them back. But if they get behind, although the Raiders seem to do it uh, pretty well um, uh, on, on prime time on, on Monday Night Football, but if the if the uh, the Bills are behind, I think they struggle. And it's the same with the Steelers. The Steelers get up on you; they can just close out that game. Big Ben's got all of that um, all of that experience. Mike Tomlin's got all of that experience, and there's a lot of talent on both sides of the roster, uh, both sides of uh, on offense and defense. I thought it was a it was a tricky game for the Bills to get back into, but I'm with you, Will. I thought that uh, Will Blackman. I'm, I thought that um, the Bills did look in that second half maybe a bit a bit tired and and and, and not quite uh, at the pace that they should be. Yeah, I mean, I would say Buffalo usually is is good with that, especially coming from late. You know, um, like Josh Allen has you know, like eight fourth quarter comebacks and like 11 game winning drives, you know, since he's been a lead, like he's been doing pretty well, but no, it, it did. There are times where it could look concerning, but um, yeah, I, I think they'll figure it out. But the other team I want to mention before we move on, like how bad Tennessee got beat down by Arizona. Like you, 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 you would think it'd be the other way around. We didn't know. We knew Arizona had time, but we didn't know like, how they were going to show up and Tennessee just got absolutely dragged through the mud, uh, which, which was crazy for me to see. The question is who had the worst week one take? Was it me going after the Seahawks? Was it Liam claiming the Steelers would have a losing record? <laughs> or was it, or was it Will picking the Vikings as his dark horse who oh. lost to the Bengals? It's uh... <laughs> no, mine was, Mine was not the worst. Yeah, yours was not the worst on that. No, list. they went to, at least they that. went to overtime, right? They they went they went late in the game. But it, the Steelers having a losing record, that was preposterous. That was unbelievable. But you look at these games coming this weekend, Steelers welcoming the Raiders, the Bills having to go to the Dolphins, two teams that looked really good in week one and you know, in a very, very strong AFC. It's only one week, but it's getting boring having to say that. Every time got the Vikings going to the Cardinals look very good in week one, like already it's one of those that we, we can sit here and we can say, oh, it's only week one. You can't overreact. But the moment a team goes 0-2, you feel like a team starts to, to react and starts to worry. And so there's a few in there who a few in there who maybe just have a few concerns for this weekend. We had some barnstorming um, uh, games on the uh Games in the prime time last weekend. It's fair to say Thursday night football was superb. Monday night football was unbelievable. Uh, high levels of drama. Um, Ravens Chiefs on Sunday night football this week. That looks like an astonishingly good game of football, Will. Yeah, it is expected. However, it is September. Mahomes has never lost in September. Mahomes has never lost to the Ravens and with Lamar Jackson. Also, uh, Friday, September 17th is also Patrick Mahomes' birthday. <laughs> so this, there's a lot going on in favor of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I made the mistake 
of picking the Browns last week. I don't want. I don't want. Listen, I don't want to call it a huge mistake because no. they were they were getting it done. Like I, I looked good for ninety nine percent of the game, but my the, decision. The, the Browns were scoring readily. They played well on defense. They they did exactly what you're meant to do against the Chiefs, which is long drives, slow the game down, don't give them as many chances to be on the field. They just had three straight drives in the second half they didn't score and that but, killed them yeah but they but, probably should have won that game of football no they should have but here the difference is yes Ken, uh, uh, excuse me cleveland is a loaded talented team but kansas city they have the big game experience you know they can have everything go wrong for them but when it matters they're able to come through you know after the game patrick Mahomes was like man it's so great to have the fans here because it felt like the AFC championship game, meaning that's his only experience. He's been to the AFC championship game so many times and hosted it too. So yeah, I mean, this game should be exciting. I'm just concerned with, you know, Baltimore secondary. I'm also concerned about Baltimore secondary, but I'm also concerned about the Kansas city chiefs defense uh, against someone like Lamar Jackson Um, chiefs going on the road. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he had some wheels. He, I, I, I tweeted it out during the game last week. He's so much fun to watch when he has ball in hand. Um, you don't know what he's going to do, where he's going to go. So there's, there's that issue. Um, and you're right. The, 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 the two secondaries are, are, are worrisome, worrisome to say the least. On, on the point of Lamar Jackson, right? He is an inc- incredibly fun to watch. And I think he's a better po- pocket quarterback than people give him credit for. But I can't figure out if his decision to consistently hold the ball single-handed out from his body, which is what makes him so elusive and means he can <laughs> juke and means he can like do all these crazy things, but also means you're not protecting the ball. Two fumbles last week. I think one was on him. One was probably on the offensive line. But like... There's times where I'm just screaming at him going, you've got the first down, just protect it. Just go down. Just don't like, and he's running around with the ball out here, like outstretched, fully just duking backwards and forwards. It it terrifies me as much as it excites me. And I do wonder if he has to maybe learn to protect the the ball just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, when it's, when it comes to a point where they're costly fumbles, that's a big deal. Um, I know for years, everyone's, has been talking in all kinds of smack about how Shady McCoy carries the football because he carries it way out there too, super wide. And every week we would play, you know, LaShawn McCoy and they're like, you know, coaches are telling us to make sure you punch the ball out. I'm like, that's just an illusion because he doesn't fumble the football. (laughs) Every time we try to go for it, we always miss. So yeah, it's just a matter of protecting, protecting the football uh, when it matters because I mean, it's it's hard to change someone's running style, but again, when it becomes a problem, like, like Tiki Barber on the Giants, like when it became a problem, Coach Coughlin, you know, found a way to make him adjust carrying the football. So, yeah, I mean, you still want Lamar to play because he he gives you the best chance no matter what, you know, especially when he's playing how he's playing. But yeah, those those turnovers are a big deal. 
And, and the last one I wanted to raise, looking forward to this weekend, looking forward to the London Games, and of course the fact that after the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Dragons, we do have an after party at Bloomsbury Lanes near Russell Square. Big screen TVs, pizza, burgers, beers, bowling lanes, beer pong, the whole lot for just a five quid entry fee. Get involved. Um, the Jags week one, the Jags under Urban Meyer. The there were so many kind of questions over the way that they'd handled the off-season snaps for Trevor Lawrence, the way that they built up to this season. They didn't look prepared for their week one game. And this week they go up against a Broncos team who I think we expected to look good defensively, but Teddy had a good game and they looked pretty decent on offense as well. And I don't know, Broncos at Jags this weekend looks like one of those that could be a real problem for the home team. Um. Yeah, you know what's what's interesting though. They they interviewed Von Miller, who I'm glad he's back after the game. And he said, Well, well no, because they've been they've been through what 10 quarterbacks since Peyton Manning, right? Uh, Von Miller said that this is the best leadership we've had since Peyton Manning at the quarterback position. So that right there tells me a lot <laughs> about the Denver Broncos. A lot. Von Miller did also say last year that Drew Locke was finally the solution at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, solution, solution at quarterback in terms of throwing, but he said leadership-wise, though. Just saying Von Miller sounds a little bit like he's couching his bets here. Is he really? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fair. It's a year on, things change. and I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, I think we know the story. We know how brilliant how well he is liked going to Minnesota, New Orleans. Everyone will just speak of him uh, with an incredible level of praise. The hard thing, though, is that in the NFL, nice guys finish last <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, like, hope maybe this is his chance. Maybe this is it, you know. Um, we'll see. But I, I like Denver defensively. I like their receivers. Unfortunately, they lost their duty uh, for a bit. Um, but I also was excited to see Melvin Gordon, you know, hit the home run. That That's something that he was known for coming out of college was those long runs running for records of yards. And when he first got to, uh, to the Chargers, he was ha hitting those long runs. So to see him do that uh, versus New York was really, really cool. And that's the point, isn't it? When you have a QB that is, the, I think it was the second most accurate during re week one, um, you've got, tight ends and receivers that are, are, are different styles and, and catching the ball. They've got Cortland Sutton coming back and yeah, you're right. Gutting about losing Jerry Judy, but I thought the offensive line looks really good as well. So offensively Denver is something that they haven't really been for oh man, two or three years um, where they have different weapons and, and, and quality throughout and a quarterback that they can rely on. And, and by the way, Jerry Judy, that is a miracle of both modern medicine and the human body that a man's leg bent in the way that it did. And it was one of those you looked at and thought, well, that's a broken ankle, torn ACL, the whole lot. When it comes out two hours later, they're like, yeah, it's a high ankle sprain. Yeah. I think you've got confused. I think you've, you've picked up a different injury here. Like that's definitely not what I saw. Uh, and the fact that he could be back, he's likely to be back in, you know, four or five weeks is astonishing. So that's amazing news for the Broncos as well. It's good to be young. <laughs> <laughs> because if that wasn't if that was someone older that that was Larry Fitzgerald his leg would have been uh, still on the field. Yeah, yeah. but Larry never got injured. <laughs> never got injured. So uh, maybe maybe that is Larry. Maybe Jerry Judy's the new Larry Fitzgerald. 
maybe i don't think so but maybe uh gents it's been good fun as always i'm hyped and excited for week two uh will uh tell us some more about because i i haven't checked out yet and i feel honestly terrible that this is the case you didn't but... have to say that just you, you could have just said i haven't checked it out yet and that's it now what? you're put now you're adding the self-guilt which makes it even worse which makes it british that's what it does. It makes it more British. Are we trying to guess which uh, which game Sky are doing on? No, I was talking upsets and underdogs. Oh right, okay, sorry, okay. Yes, my podcast, my new show, Upsets and Underdogs, presented by Win Bet, uh, as in the Win Hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, you can find it on Apple and YouTube. Very cool. We talk all sports betting and all kinds of in-game analysis and stuff like that. And I give a little banter and talk about my day. It's good stuff. I tell you what, Will, I need this in my life because I'm useless at that kind of thing. So uh, I'm going to check it out after this because I am useless at anything to do with that. So um, <laughs> I'm going to check it out and I'll report back and I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah, actually, it's, it's live now. Episode three, I got I to gotta tweet about it. And I know Will's hyped because he gets to watch the 49ers in depth on, on Sunday night. As yeah, I got, the the Eagles with the, I got the Eagles with the upset anyway, so it's all good. Oh, I think that's the better oh. point is only to leave it. Uh, <laughs> devastating news. Uh, I, I think it's they, they are. We, we could. This is the problem with this. We could go on forever because the Eagles. Oh, let's not. Wow. Last week. Wow. Whoa. It's a, it was against the Falcons. It doesn't matter. Oh, Okay. Is there going to be a bigger blowout this week than the Falcons? Uh, no, let's stop. Stop. We've got too much to go into. There's 17, 18, 19, 22 odd weeks of the season. So plenty more for us to get into. Will be. Thanks so much, Ollie. It was great to have you back. Thanks. And in the mix, me and Ollie will be on TalkSport on Sunday night. Uh, will Blackman will be on Sky on Sunday night. Uh, thank you for your support. I got some lovely messages about the first episode of the series. I mean, they did say that Will interrupts me too much. But uh, other than that, they were really positive about it. No, and, it was the other uh, way around. Oh, yeah. No, no. Sorry, you're right. It was I interrupt Will too much. You're there right. we that go. Confusion. They uh, said that they say you interrupt me too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, um, it was a Niners talk. So yeah, that's fair. I think. Well, actually, the exact quote from one person was the Niners Seahawks stuff was fantastic. So there you go. There we go. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review. It helps more people find the show. Check out the socials at Gridiron at UK Gridiron and come to the party. It's going to be superb. It will sell out quickly. So get your tickets. Thank you for listening. This has been the Gridiron Show. 